Hello, and thank you for tuning in to U.S. Immigration Law Radio. I'm Jeremy Richards. And I'm Julie Kruger. And we're the hosts of this podcast and partners at the law firm of Richards & Kruger. Today we'll be discussing non-immigrant waivers of inadmissibility. We often receive for calls from foreign nationals who are outside the United States and cannot be admitted because they are inadmissible under United States immigration laws. The most common reasons for inadmissibility include criminal convictions, previous unlawful presence in the United States, and having made a fraud or misrepresentation in order to gain an immigration benefit. Today we're going to focus on criminal convictions. U.S. immigration law prohibits anyone who has been convicted of what's called a crime involving moral turpitude from entering the United States. Moral turpitude, in simple terms, is a bad act that was done intentionally. Examples of crime invo crimes involving moral turpitude include assault convictions, just about any theft conviction, fraud convictions, and many others. Non-citizens who have been convicted of a crime involving moral turpitude or a controlled substance conviction are inadmissible to the United States for life. Yes, even a minor marijuana possession conviction from the 1960s can make a permit person permanently barred from the United States. It's important to note that it is not only a conviction that can make a person inadmissible to the United States. U.S. immigration law also prohibits anyone who admits having committed or admits committing acts which constitute the essential elements of a crime involving moral turpitude or a controlled substance offense. This means that a person who admits having possessed marijuana in the 1960s, even though he was never convicted, is permanently inadmissible to the United States. This can be a fairly harsh consequence to what in some cases can be a relatively minor conviction. Fortunately, the United States also recognizes that we may want to admit a particular person, even though they have been convicted of a crime involving moral turpitude or a controlled substance offense. For example, the person may have been rehabilitated after a criminal conviction. In such cases, the person who is inadmissible to the United States may apply for what's called a non-immigrant waiver of inadmissibility. If a waiver is granted, the person may be granted admission into the United States while the waiver is valid. The application for a waiver of a ground of inadmissibility is filed with the Department of Homeland Security, either at a U.S. port of entry or at a U.S. embassy or consulate abroad. The Department of Homeland Security will consider three factors in determining whether to grant the application for admission. First, they're going to look at the risk of harm to United States society if the applicant is admitted. Second, They'll look at the seriousness of the applicant's immigration or criminal violation, if there's any. And third, the Department of Homeland Security will consider the nature of the applicant's reasons for wishing to enter the United States. The Department of Homeland Security's processing time for waiver applications can be lengthy, sometimes six months or more, so it's important to file the application well in advance of any planned travel to the United States. If the Department of Homeland Security decides to grant a waiver of inadmissibility, it will grant the waiver for a period of up to five years. The Department of Homeland Security notifies the applicant by a letter and a form I-194 that the application has been granted. 
The Department of Homeland Security explains in its letter the length of time for which the waiver has been granted, the class of admission for which it has been granted, for example, a B-2 visitor, and whether the waiver is for a single entry or for multiple entries. If you have ever been arrested anywhere in the world, you should consult with an immigration lawyer before applying for admission at a U.S. port of entry or before filing a visa application. You may be inadmissible to the United States and may require a non-immigrant waiver of inadmissibility to be admitted. If you'd like to schedule a consultation with me to discuss your particular case, please contact my office through our website at www.richardskruger.com or call me toll-free at 1-800-459-0270. When you consult with an immigration attorney, you should have a copy of your conviction records with you so that the attorney can look at what the records show, including the exact statute that you were convicted under. That way, the attorney can determine whether your conviction makes you inadmissible to the United States. If you previously applied for admission to the United States and were denied because you were determined to be inadmissible, you may have been given a typed copy of the questions that were asked of you at the border and the answers that you gave a document called a Record of Sworn Statement. You should also provide that document to the attorney reviewing your case. This will most likely contain the interviewing officer's explanation of why he or she determined that you are inadmissible to the United States. If you're inadmissible and you qualify for a waiver of inadmissibility, what should you include with your application? Along with the application forms, the Department of Homeland Security requires that you include evidence of your citizenship, your fingerprints, which are taken at the time you file the application, your conviction records, and a statement by you explaining the circumstances of your inadmissibility along with evidence of your rehabilitation. I usually recommend, in addition to this, evidence to show your good moral character and evidence of your non-immigrant intent, that is that you plan to return to your home country at the end of your authorized stay in the United States. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of U.S. Immigration Law Radio. If you have any additional questions about today's topic or immigration law in general, feel free to give us a call at 1-800-459-0270 or visit our website at www.richardskruger.com. And hey, we're lawyers, so we have some disclaimers for you. This podcast is for informational purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice. And your listening to this podcast does not create an attorney-client relationship between us and you. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.